This is the Book Marketing Action Podcast, and I'm Becky Robinson. Since 2012, my team and I have partnered with more than 100 authors to launch more than 130 business books. On this podcast, I'll share the best insights and actionable ideas from our work so that you can implement sustainable activities to reach your goals for your book. Whether you're a seasoned author looking to breathe new life into your book or someone who dreams of writing a book someday, this podcast will help you be more successful in getting results as an author. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode in the Book Marketing Action Podcast. That's part of my author journey series. So the interview that you're about to listen to with John Gordon is one I recorded as part of my book writing process. I interviewed John to talk about what he's learned about creating lasting impact for his book and ideas in the world. John Gordon is an author of best-selling books and a keynote speaker. And he's worked with Fortune 500 companies, professional and college sports teams, school districts, hospitals, and nonprofits. He's authored more than 23 books. And his timeless classic, The Energy Bus, has sold over 2 million copies. So John knows quite a lot about creating lasting impact for his work. And I think you'll find this conversation to be really valuable to listen to. Enjoy. Hey, John, thanks so much for taking some time to talk with me today. I'd really love to learn from the great success you've had authoring over 16 books. So John, I'm curious, what has been the most important tactic for you in gaining reach for your books, ideas, and work in the world? Hey, Becky, I think the number one thing that we've done over the years is my newsletter. We have a weekly positive tip. I started it in 2002, right? And so years ago, I've been doing this newsletter every week for, let's see, 18, 19 years now. And so every week, over and over again, the repetition of it, more and more followers, more and more readers, people share the newsletter to others. And over time, that consistency, that focus, that value add to people sharing constant value is something that people share with others and it grows and grows. So I would say that newsletter is probably the best thing I've done. And also I would just say showing up every day and doing the work sharing a quote every day on LinkedIn or Twitter, Instagram, sharing encouragement, providing value, sharing content to hopefully help people, doing it over and over again, as I said, every day, every week for the last 18 years, over time you get reached. doesn't happen overnight, but the reach then exponentially grows and you reach more and more people when you show up and do the work. You earn trust that way. And then when people trust you, they show up and they tell more people about you. Wow. So if we could just dial that back and slow it down a little bit. You started in 2002. Yes, 2002. I'm guessing that was before. Yeah. I'm guessing that was before a lot of thought leaders were out there doing newsletters. So did that predate your writing and publishing any books, John? It did. So when I decided I wanted to write and speak, I knew I wanted to do this. I started with a newsletter and initially it was a fax. I was sending out faxes to people getting their fax number. Then I would get their emails and I would actually send emails out. And it was not really professional. I would write something up and then just email it. And I think there was like, you know, five people initially, then 20, then a hundred. And eventually we started using constant contact, which was just beginning at that time. And no one was really doing newsletters back then. There was no blogs. There was no social media. It was the way to reach people was this weekly positive tip. Now it seems like everyone has a newsletter. Everyone's on social media. But back then it was very early on and I was just beginning. Tell me about where your newsletter list is right now. How many? Mm -hmm. About 200 and... 
50,000, I would say. Amazing. And they get a, a weekly positive tip from you. Right. We do a weekly positive tip and then midweek we'll do a promo for something that we have upcoming, an event or a training or a launch of a new book. Our Power of Positive Summit is this week. So we'll be promoting that. And so we've added that promo piece and people don't seem to mind that. We don't want to bombard people with too many things. So we try to keep it with a newsletter and one promo per week. We started the promo about two years ago. So for years, it was just the weekly newsletter. And we started the promo because we had so many things going on that we couldn't fit it all into just the newsletter. So we added the promo piece. And I think that's worked out well as well. So I know, John, that you've also been prior to COVID traveling a lot, speaking a lot. In what way did you convert the people who saw you speak in person to stay connected to you long-term through the newsletter? Well, when we're on stage or giving a talk or something like that, it was always, hey, sign up for my newsletter. There's always a, a PowerPoint slide at the end giving a contact information for people to sign up. We do a free seven-step action plan for people to sign up. So we're always offering that. So the goal is to provide ways for people to connect. They either has have read my books. Let me say it again. They either have read my books or they've seen me speak. And then from there, if they want to connect even more, we provide these other avenues for them to connect. And so during COVID, it was the newsletter. It was my social media following, all the people that have connected to me through my books, my work, and also the podcast now as well. And from that, that was an audience that we're able to reach during this time. And you know, I did a lot of work this past year, virtually a ton of virtual events, probably the result of all the years of work I have been doing, reaching out, connecting, speaking, going everywhere and anywhere to do the work. So it just shows you, again, over time, you build up an authentic, real, genuine, and organic following. My following is very organic because I don't do a ton of advertising. It's a lot of people who have either seen me, heard me speak, or read my books. So talk about the books a little. When did you start publishing books and what have you learned along the way as it relates to how each book increases your reach in the world? Well, the book that really kicked off everything for me was The Energy Bus, and that came out in 2007. And so I would say the book, touring about the book, speaking on the book, really built up my following and also created a lot of interest in the book. So I would speak about the book and then people would buy the book and then they read the book. And then a lot of people who read the book who didn't see me speak, then invited me to speak. So one built the other. And I always tell people when you're starting out, speak on your book, make your topic that's in your book, your speech topic. And that way it will be a flywheel effect. Your talk promotes the book, your book promotes the talk, and then you'll grow that way. So for me, initially, it was really focusing on just getting the message of the energy bus. And then as I would speak and meet different leaders and organizations, I would get new ideas. And that would lead to another book, which would lead to another book. So for me, I wasn't writing a book to market myself. I was writing a book to share something and say something that needed to be said. And so each book was something I wanted to say. But that book would then reach more people and build on the following because some people would read the no complaining rule or training camp or the carpenter and not even know about the energy bus. And so people found me through other books that I wrote and then would come in and then read the other book. So having a lot of different books creates synergy. It's like you go to a town center and there's one store you're going to see, but then you see, oh, they got these other stores here. And you go check out the other stores and the synergy build. That's why a lot of restaurants want to be near each other. You don't want to be isolated as a restaurant. You want to be near them, near the restaurants so you can try all the other places. So John, could you share some pivotal moments or lessons you've learned on your journey? So many. I mean, just getting rejected by over 30 publishers when I wrote The Energy Bus. 
That was a pivotal moment, just staying with it, trusting, believing, a lot of prayers, finally getting that publishing deal from John Wiley and Sons, it coming out. Bookstores wouldn't carry it, but it was a bestseller in Korea, South Korea, not North Korea, but it was a huge hit in South Korea. That was a big moment. Being told I wasn't very good as a speaker early on, that was a pivotal moment. You know, I should have given up many times, but I didn't. Kept doing it even when I wasn't good. Working on my craft over time, feeling like I had a message to share, knowing I wasn't great, but wanting to get better, wanting to improve. So that was a pivotal moment as well. Being on the big stages initially was really big moments in terms of being in front of all these people and not really performing great in those big moments, like being on stage and not being your best. The moment was almost too big for me. And then learning from those moments, growing from those moments, and then being on the big stage again and being ready for that moment and bringing the content, the passion, and the gift that you developed over years and the talent. That was pretty cool to be able to then rise to the occasion in those moments, knowing those tough moments, difficult early moments led you to this moment. Getting on TV and the Today Show was a big moment for the first time. Early on in my career, I got on the Today Show and did a four-week series with them. And that really created a lot of exposure. Doing the governor's conferences in Texas and reaching all these different audiences and as part of those big conferences was great. And then just getting called at different times when you least expected it. Someone would reach out. They heard about you. They read your book. And it was a moment that maybe you were having a tough week and all of a sudden you get invited to a big stage event. And you go, okay, I'm meant to do this. I'm meant to do this. You know, and now years later, right? Years later, you go, okay, this is what I do. But back then it was like, okay, am I meant to do this? And then you get the sign, you get the gig, you get the book deal. One thing after another leads you to realize, okay, I'm doing what I'm called to do. That's really helpful. So I'm thinking a little bit, John, just about my own observing of your work over the years. And because I work with authors to market their books, I've watched when you've had various book launches. And I can't remember what which book it was. It was probably several years ago. And I remember it was your book launch day and I saw an announcement on social media. I went over to Amazon. The book was selling like crazy. But I didn't see any like massive promo coming out from you the way you often do with authors. And I asked Daniel Decker, who I know is someone you've worked with, and he said, well, all John needs to do when a book comes out is send out an email and he sells a lot of books. So I'm curious how accurate you think that is and what your experience has been like in terms of the value of your email list in helping you at those moments of releasing your new books along the journey. Oh, it's huge because they are loyal followers, because... They're people who read your books and you've built up a lot of trust with them because you are always providing value, always sharing weekly content. You're not asking for anything. You're not charging for your newsletter. You're just providing, again, value over time. You build up a trust. And a lot of those people wind up reading your books. So when you come out with a new one and in your email list, you say, hey, I have a new book coming out. Those amazing people who support you wind up getting your book. And so it goes a long way in selling a lot of books. That list, again, started out at five people, now over 250,000. That's a lot of people, right? And so a lot of people who read your books. Now, a lot of them don't though. So there's a lot of people when a new book comes out, they may get a book for the first time. They've been following you for a while and they finally decide to buy your book. I've had people on social media, hey, I've been following you for like a year now. Love your content. Decide to buy one of your books. I was yeah, like, thank you. So again, I'm not asking for anything for that person. I'm just doing what I'm here to do by providing content. Same thing on, on social media, right? Twitter, constantly share it. But then it leads to that person buying my book. Great. So I never started this to sell books. I always started it 
to provide content and value. And the newsletter was a great example. Like I didn't know the newsletter was going to lead to all these great people who buy my books. I never knew it would lead to the growth of that. You asked me, what's the number one thing I've done? That's it. But I didn't know that when we started this. It was just to be able to reach people to share information with. But it's led to so many speaking engagements as well. So it's the number one thing we've ever done, but it was not intentional. Now there's a lot smarter people who know what they're doing, know how to do it and all that. We were not doing it. So it really came from a good intention and a good state of mind. The other thing is the launch team that we do with Daniel. That's been huge as well. Every book now we have a launch team that helps us promote the book, support the book. And those are the people who are, again, people like your work. They might be considered fans, readers, whatever you want to call them. They love your work. We ask them to join our launch team and we'll get between a thousand and 2000 people to join the launch team now. And the launch team markets the book to their list, to their audience, to their page, to their friends. They get to read the book in advance. They get to be part of the community and they even buy the book to help support it. And so the launch team has been very helpful and successful in getting our initial thrust out there when the book first comes out. So, you know, very thankful for the launch team and all the people who have followed me all these years who support the books. Obviously couldn't have done it without them. So any surprises on your journey, John, besides ones you've already mentioned in terms of you didn't set out to do the newsletter knowing the great benefits it would bring, but only just to add value? Yeah, I think surprising for me is just that I've written so many books. Like I never expected to do this many books, right? So we're up to 23 now, 24 actually, I think with the new one and five children's books. 11 bestsellers. So I think for me, it's about surprising that we've reached as many people as we have and surprising that I said the newsletter, because that again is probably the biggest surprise, but surprised that like when I don't think a book's going to maybe do well out of the gate, it does a lot better than I expected. Because sometimes I won't even promote a book hard because I'm like, all right, we already promoted this other book and I wasn't planning on writing a book this year, but I did. I don't want to promote it too much. I don't want to be too promotional. And yet the book will still do really well. And it's been fun to try out different books. Like, all right, The Coffee Bean, going to do an illustrated little fable that you can read in 20 minutes. Let's see how that does. And you get surprised at how well the book does, even though it's just a little book like that. So I won't write a book to just write a book or to try to sell a book. Like my publisher one time, maybe four or five years ago, was like, hey, we need a book out this year. I'm like, I'm not ready to do one. Like, I'm not going to do a book unless I need to say something or want to say something. And then I'll do it. I'm not going to write a book just to write a book. The minute I do that, I'll be done. So. I'm thankful. And what I'm proud of is, is that people say the quality, like people say that I haven't written a bad book. Most people, if you go to Amazon, you're going to find some reviews that just don't like it and they just don't like you. But for people who know my work, like, yeah, you know, every book he does, there's something valuable there. And that I take pride in because I, I don't want to just put a book out there. I want it to be you know, meaningful. And I work a lot on them and I'm involved in, in every aspect of the book until it gets launched. So do you have a favorite amongst them, John? Training camp for sure. I mean, people always ask me and definitely training camp, just the story, the main character has to overcome his fear, find his faith. It's what the best do better than everyone else. The emotions I had in writing it. Energy bus is the most popular by far, but training camp is probably my favorite. People say the carpenter, probably my best work or the garden, my newest one, the garden, but definitely training camp. So John, is there anything that you want to say about reaching people with content that you haven't had a chance to say yet? Just show up and keep delivering it. A lot of times people reach out to me, hey, how can I build up an audience? How can I build up my brand? How can I grow it? You know, it's really small right now. You have to start. 
and just do the work every single day. It's going to take a while. It doesn't happen overnight. It has to be where you provide the value in the content, you are consistent, you build trust, and over time, your following will grow. You want to be able to reach the right people who then will share it. But for the most part, you have to just continually produce the content and get it out there so people can see it. So whatever that takes for you, it might be, again, social media, Twitter, Instagram today, putting stories out there. Now there's so many different ways to do it, but it's continually doing it. And over time, you become known as a go-to person in that area. Also finding your niche and standing out with that niche, doing something unique and different that is not being done. So you're known for that. What are you known for? Becky, what would you say I am known for? Either positivity or leadership. Yeah, you nailed it. So for me, it's like you just said, it's positivity and it's leadership. I was positivity in the beginning, then moved towards positive leadership and really knew I want to be focused on that positive leadership. So much so that that's what I will drive and drive and drive and share and share and share because I know that is what I want to be known for. And it's also what I am meant to be known for, what I'm meant to share. And being clear on that, is key. Clarity leads to focus action. So really being clear on the message you want to share, what you want to be known for is really helpful in building your brand and reaching more people. Perfect. Thank you so much, John. Thanks, Becky. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for investing your time to learn from this podcast. And I hope that you heard some things in today's podcast that you can implement immediately to help promote your ideas in the world. I want to share a couple of action steps with you as we wrap up today's episode. One of the things that John talked about was the multi-channel approach that he has to marketing his work with the most valuable one being his newsletter. If you do not already have an email newsletter, I want to encourage you as an action step today to watch my free webinar about the value of creating a permission-based list. We'll put the link to that webinar in the show notes for you. And I would encourage you also, if you haven't yet started a newsletter, to subscribe to one or two. And why don't you start with John's? Uh, He has a highly valuable newsletter and you can sign up for it at johngordon.com. So action step number one is, if you haven't already, to investigate how you might grow your permission-based email list. And as a part of that journey, to sign up for a new newsletter like John's so that you can learn from what he does on his. And as another action step, what I want to encourage you to do is think about the long-term impact that you can have by being consistent with your approach over your journey. John mentioned that he has been doing a newsletter in one form or another for more than a decade. And it's that ongoing effort that has helped him to reach so many readers around the world with his books. And so I would just encourage you after listening to today's podcast to think about what it might look like for you to invest over the long-term in your book and ideas. As always, I invite you to email me, becky at weavinginfluence.com. I'd be thrilled to hear from you and to help you in any way that I can on your journey. Thanks. Thanks for listening. And I hope you'll subscribe today and tell a friend about our show. If you're looking for hands-on help to market your book or have a question you'd like to hear me answer here, please email me, becky at weavinginfluence.com. 